as you know, we always say people are going to do business with people they know and trust. So let's get started getting to know this person behind this business. Today, my guest is Trisha Jones, franchise owner of Nerds to Go, located at 18 Lafayette Road in Northampton, New Hampshire. Welcome, Trisha. How are you? Thanks, Bobby. I'm good. How are you? Good. good. Trisha, what I'd like to do is ask you um, to tell us a little bit about Nerds to Go and um, what you do there. Nice. Well, it sounds like you, you keep pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, you know, just like any other business, there's kind of up ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys. But yeah, we have had times when we have been been very busy as people are relying on their technology more than ever. That is that is certainly the case. Oh my gosh. I know just my grandkids, uh, they have technology in their hands all the time. At you know, at their hands all the time. Holy moly. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to, you know, hire them in the future. So. <laughs> <laughs> They've plenty of experience. <laughs> <laughs> so Trisha, where did you, where did you grow up? Did you grow up locally? Not there, you know, it, the four seasons are pretty nice here. Yeah, I, I do. I love that. Uh, three of them I like better than uh, the other one, but you know, <laughs> You got to take, right, take them all. <laughs> it's coming very quickly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Cold. I'm just tired of cold and snow. And ugh. so, uh, Trisha, tell me a little bit, bit about your family life. What were your parents' first names? Oh, Steve and Rita. Steve and Rita. Good American name. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what about your dad? What did he do? And did he come from a big family? Did he, uh, where was he in the line of siblings? Oh, well, he's a middle child. Um, he grew up on a farm in Illinois. Uh, my, my grandparents owned a big, you know, 800 acre farm in Illinois. And so he, you know, he helped out on the farm with his father, working the farm there. And um, then, you know, when we moved out to Arizona to kind of get, I think, you know, my parents left Illinois to kind of get a fresh start and get some distance between the family because, you know, as many families do, there were some, you know, squabbles. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they wanted to kind of get a fresh start. So they thought, well, they were th originally thinking California, but then finally settled on Arizona because, you know, the cost of living, especially at that time was much lower and it still had the warmer climate and all of that. So, so that's where we landed. They just kind of like more or less, you know, threw a dart at a map <laughs> and said, let's go. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we ended up. And, uh, and to be honest, you know, um, he never really, my dad, you know, he never really found his place after that, you know, he, he kind of, he struggled to find a meaningful career out in Arizona. And yeah, he never really did, you know, find, find another career. I don't know, it was really hard for him. Yeah. And so my mom ended up becoming really the breadwinner of the family at that point. Well, whatever works, that's what I'd say. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, was your dad part of a big family? Not really. I mean, um, it was just, you know, he had two brothers and, and his parents there, but not, not a particularly large family. And what about your mom? Well, my mom, um, she grew up in a small town in Illinois too. And that's where she met my father. And, um, you know, my mom, she had a lot of challenges as well. She is, um, she's hearing impaired. So she, um, you know, that makes things twice as hard for her, you know, to, uh, to communicate and to find work and all of that. But, um, and so I, you know, she's very determined and very resourceful. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, whatever success that I've had today, a lot of it, I do attribute to my mom and her always encouraging me to, you know, that I could do anything I put my mind to. And, um, and I saw that in her as well, you know, I mean, she could have, it would have been very easy for her to just give up and go on disability or something like that, you know, rather than, um, fighting and working and, uh, you know, always trying to better herself. Exactly. No, I, I totally understand. That's great. Now, was she part of a big family? No, no, she just, um, she had a, a brother, um, who I never met because he, he died in a snowmobile accident. Um, yeah, it was a pretty tragic, tragic accident from what I understand. Um, so he died before I was born. So, and I, I never met him and her, her her mother actually died before I was born also. So it was just her and her father and, uh, you know, and he, he, he died when I was fairly young too. So I know this is, you know, kind of a sad story, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it's been. Yikes. And what kind of work did your mom do? Um, you know, she, she was a licensed esthetician. So she had her own beauty shop for a while. Um, and then when we moved to Arizona, she, she did like bookkeeping and accounting and stuff like that. You know, she worked corporate, corporate administrative type, you know, type jobs. Great. Good for her. Yeah. Now, hearing impaired, was that from birth or was that an accident? No, from what she tells me, um, she was born with normal hearing. And when she was about eight years old, um, she lost her hearing as a complication, I guess, from measles. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, she, I guess, developed like some ear infections or something that weren't detected. And then that ended up damage causing permanent damage to her hearing. So, so she did, you know, lose that. And she never, um, her mother was very determined that she was not going to rely on sign language. So she, So my mom actually never learned sign language. And so she, you know, her mother wanted her to, you know, to continue to try and communicate, you know, verbally and stuff. So, so yeah, so it's hard. And it's interesting because um, when I, when I listen to my mother and I talk, talk to her, she, her voice sounds completely normal to me. Like, (laughs) 
you know, I have no trouble understanding her at all because obviously I've grown up with her my whole life and um, she sounds clear as a bell to me, just (laughs) as clear as you. Um, But I know when other, you know, when other people um, hear her, her voice sounds strange and and they have trouble understanding her. And that's always been very frustrating for her, you know, because she she's trying so hard to communicate and people have a hard time understanding her and she gets frustrated and you know she tries to read lips a lot um she has she wears a hearing aid but um even with that you know a lot of the communication just doesn't you know doesn't come through and she will you know mishear things misunderstand things and and uh, i was always like her little her little interpreter, you know, to be like, oh, no, 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 mom, actually, this is what they said, you know, and um, so, yeah, so that it's interesting, and then when I hear other, when I listen to other hearing impaired people speak, I hear that, you know, their voice sounds different, it sounds a little bit nasally, and so I imagine, well, that must be what my mom sounds like to other people, but my ears have just I guess, tuned into that and I don't hear it in her voice. It's, it's really weird, but that's normal to you. Yep. 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 That's, that's, that's your normal. Uh, Yeah. I, um, I have to say that I'm hearing impaired as well. I had some nerve damage uh, early on in my life. So I can, I can relate to what, you know, the frustrations that your mom is feeling, not being able to hear somebody clearly. And, and I, I, I tried to go without hearing aids for a long, long time. And, um, oh, huh. wow. I never noticed that about you. I never even noticed you wearing a hearing aid. I mean, the one my mom wears is like a large, you know, you can see it. It's like on the outside of her ear. It's not one of those little, little dainty ones that goes inside, but yeah. Yeah. I never would have detected that you had any hearing loss. So it's, you communicate it's, very well. Um, it's really hard when you can't hear somebody. It's a very frustrating thing. So I, I totally understand. And it's always nice to be trying to read lips. It's, it's a, it's a talent. Oh. Yeah. It's not, a, it's, it's not perfect for sure. Yeah. I mean, now they have great technology, um, which she's starting to use, um, you know, to where, you know, there's apps on your phone that will do like real time translation. So she uses those now when she goes to the doctor, you know, she'll sit oh. the phone down and it'll sort of, you know, type, translate, you know, to text, whatever they're saying. And, you know, I would say it's probably, I don't know, 70% accurate, but it's, it's not foolproof as, as you know, if you've ever tried to speak into your phone, like it's not a hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. Well, she sounds like a very determined woman. Um, Good for her. Keeps going. You just keep on going. Now, what about you? Do you have any siblings? Uh, I do. I have a younger brother. Um, he's out there in Arizona with the rest of my family. So you're the only one out. out. I am. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. And are you able to, I know that the last couple of years are, have been challenging, but have you been able to get together, um, recently since the, uh, you know, COVID and I try to, I try to go back to Arizona about once a year when I can. Um, it's, you know, my mom would like me to be there a lot more, I'm sure. <laughs> and she can't travel, you know, because she has some health issues and some mobility issues. So she can't come here. So yeah, I try to go there, you know, at least once a year. 
I, I'm assuming that you would try and go in, in your favorite um, season. Well, if I was smart, that's what I would do, but that never seems to work out. The last two times I've gone in the worst possible I think I've been in like July or June or something, which is just a not a good idea at all. Unbearable out there. Though. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. At my favorite months are March and October. If I was going to pick what months to go, but that would be lovely for sure. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what a typical day looked like at your house growing up. Oh, wow. You're asking me to go in way back now. I'm, so, I'm old, you know, so that's hard for me to remember. Oh, I think, you know what, ever since I was little, I was very, I was, I was very serious, very responsible kind of child. You know what I mean? So I was always very interested in like making my parents proud of me, you know, and wanting to do everything that I could to so, so my typical day, yeah, was probably like going to school, coming home, doing my homework and then, you know, having, and then going to bed and getting up and doing it all over again. Or, you know, and then when I got a little bit older doing that, plus working, you know, working a job of some sort so I could save money so I could go somewhere, you know, cause I wanted to go, uh, I had a kind of a, a dream to go to England and study like uh, English literature and history, because I'm really into that. So, you know, I got a job as soon as I could when I was 16, um, so that I could start saving money, because, you know, my family didn't have money to send me off to study in England. So um, that was kind of my, my big goal. I wanted to work so I could save money so I could do that. And that's, so that's what I did. For, for being 16 and, and, <laughs> and making that decision, that's, that's very cool. I love it. I mean, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. I still have a lot of memories of it. And uh, that's why I find my own kids to be kind of perplexing because they, don't seem to care about traveling like they just you know couldn't not, I mean I've taken them on a lot of really nice vacations you know because I like to travel so I've hauled them around to a bunch of places all over the world and honestly they don't really they're like eh, you know whatever <laughs> it's just it's just that is so crazy yeah it is did you end up going over to England or going over to Europe to? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did when I was, I think, 17, you know, or after my junior year, I think it was the summer of my junior year of high school. I went and uh, on a program, you kind of work study, pro you kind of stay over there with a fam, like a host family, you know, and uh, I got to go and take classes in English literature and history at Cambridge. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was wonderful. And then we got to go on a lot of little, you know, um, day trips and stuff on the weekends to little excursions to different places. One, you're 17 years old, you're over there all alone. And you gotta take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think anything of it really at the time, I, you know, because like I said, I've always been kind of like, the responsible kit, you know, I was taking care of a lot of things anyway. Uh, you know, I mean, it's different. It was different then too. I mean, like I said, I'm old and 
it was different for kids. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like I used to hop on my bike and disappear for the day, you know, and drive across town and go to the library and just hang out in the library by myself reading books all day. And then come when the sun would start to go down, you know, I would drive ride back home. And, you know, nowadays, I mean, my parents didn't worry about me, you know, as long as I got home by dinner, they didn't really care where I was, they knew I was going to be back. Um, and uh, nowadays, that just seems so, so shocking, like nobody would ever let their kid do that now so no it's, a, it's really <laughs> a shame isn't it I mean there was such yeah a, it, it was such a great way to slowly gain that independence yeah absolutely so I think that you know I I don't know it seems like maybe I was a lot more mature at a, at a younger age, you know, because of those experiences. And then I, you know, I see my kids now, which, you know, they're not kids now, they're young adults, but, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, you know, they're less mature, you know, <laughs> than I was. Well, you know, it, you yeah. know about it, you know, growing up, we, we, or I, I'll say me, um, mm -hmm. you know, 18, you were out of the house, you were thinking oh, about yeah. buying a house. That's right. You were, you know, you were, you were moving, you had your own car. Yeah. But it, that's the way the world was at that point. The world yeah. is a very different place now. Isn't that the truth? I was just having that discussion with my son, um, who's, who just turned um, 20 and he, he has aspirations, you know, to, to buy a house, you know, he wants to get his own place and you know, he's out there looking and you know even just looking at apartments and he's like mom you know where where are young people supposed to live around here like these rents are ridiculous you know there's like how is anybody supposed to pay for this you know you have to have a big job to pay these kind of I'm like yeah I, I know I I think that's why a lot of young people are choosing to, to stay at home longer because I mean especially here in the northeast I think the rents are Oh, amazing. It's really, really hard. Right. You you really don't have a choice because the rents are so expensive. The jobs, yeah. are, you know, businesses can only afford to pay so much. I mean, exactly. man, it's, uh, it, it just doesn't offer the kind of, I mean, you don't get to be totally independent until you're in your late thirties, early forties now, which is so uh, different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I think that's a big problem is yeah. the lack of affordable housing for young people. Absolutely. So what was your very first job, Tricia? Very, very first. Oh, I worked at a bookstore. I worked at a B. Dalton bookstore, which I don't think they exist now. I think they were sort of got absorbed into Barnes and Noble. But <laughs> back back in the day, there was a chain of bookstores called called B. Dalton. And that's, that's where I worked for, I don't know, five years or so while I was finishing high school and going to college. Now, what did you learn at that job that you have taken with you throughout your time to where you are now? Mm, well, that's a really good question. Well, I think um, one thing I learned is that I, working in retail is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, because both as an employee and as like a supervisor, you know, cause I kind of worked my way up from like a store associate to a supervisor. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's especially in a small, in a small store. And, and I find that this is true for, you know, my business now, right. Um, when you have a small business and you rely heavily on your employees, you know, to come in and, and do their job or you can't open your store. Right. Um, and when, when they can't be at work, it makes things really hard for everyone, you know? And, uh, that's one thing that I remember is like, um, feeling like I could never have a day off because on my days that I did have off half the time I was getting a phone call from my boss. Oh, Hey, can you come and come in and cover today? Because so-and-so called out sick or whatever. So I was constantly getting called in on my days off, um, which, you know, is not fun. <laughs> and, and then as a supervisor later on in that same store, having to be the one to, when those employees were, you know, out sick or doing whatever they were doing and not coming to work, having to make those phone calls and call all the other people, hey, can you come to work, you know, begging people to come to work so that I could keep the store open. Um, And uh, so that wasn't fun either, you know, because you don't like to have to bother people on their day off and beg people to come into work. And uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's something I remember a lot from that first experience. I love that. What was it? Uh, what was it? Um, well, let me actually rephrase. What? How did you get from that job to your current job? Oh, that's a long road. <laughs> I don't think we have that kind of time, Bobby. But I can try to give you the, you know, the quick the quick version. Um, but, you know, uh, I guess, you know, I worked my way up there to a, to a kind of a supervisory role, which led to my next supervisory role at a call center. And then I kind of built up my career in the call center industry, which isn't as big out here in the Northeast, but on the West coast, the the call center industry is a really big thing. Um, So I did a lot of different roles in the call centers, got a lot of experience and stuff doing that in a lot of different areas. And then, you know, kind of one thing led to another, I worked my way up into, you know, kind of operations management and, um, and then I figured out that there's a lot of things that I learned in all of that, in that entire journey that prepared me for being able to, um, effectively, you know, launch my own business. So, you know, I think all those things that I learned along the way, you know, all those skills and experiences that I learned across all those different jobs. And I do think, um, I do. That, what interested you? How did you get to nerds to go What interested you about the franchise and, and the business itself? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a couple of things. You know, first and foremost, it was something that, I had a lot of experience in, you know, uh, both me and and my business partner, you know, we both had a lot of IT project management, product management type experience. So it was a, a domain that we kind of understand and feel comfortable in and felt 
confident, you know, that we could be successful with. Um, so that's probably why specifically, you know, nerds to go and computer services that, and plus, you know, just, you know, in the whole process of looking at different franchises, we interviewed or, you know, um, had a chance to look at a lot of different franchise models out there. And we just really liked the, uh, the company, the people, you know, we felt um, it was kind of like a, like a small family, you know, they were just very kind. Well, let's uh, move to current. So let's uh, tell me a little bit about your life today. Are you married, single, looking? Uh, uh, Yep, I am married. I met my current husband in high school. And, um, I honestly, I would have to do math to tell you now how long we've been together, but it's been a really long time. I, I want to say probably been together about 30 years. Good for you. <laughs> it can't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then we do have two, two adult sons, nice. um, that still live, live at home and are finding their, their way. <laughs> and they will. And they will. Yeah. Now, what what's your other son do? Is he in school? Uh, no, I mean, both of the boys really, like I said, when I said they're finding their way, I really meant that they're they're They are trying different things. Um, you know, one of them works uh, actually at SIG Sour. And the other one is driving for Domino's right now. So that's what they're doing right now. And I think both of them have expressed an interest in doing um, something in the trades. And and I've definitely been encouraging that because I think that's a wonderful idea and, uh, you know, has an aptitude for it for sure. You know, so it's just a matter of finding the right program, I think. Um, And... um, you know, getting, getting um, involved with the right company and the right program to, to finish that. And, um, and then the older one, um, you know, he, he, he is probably the one who should be in college because he is, he's, you know, he'd like to do something in like cybersecurity or computer programming or something like that, which I do think a degree would be helpful to him in pursuing that. He helps out at the shop sometimes too. You know, he is, he's definitely has a great aptitude for um, computers and technology. And so he's kind of worked as an intern in our, in our store from time to time, helps out with things. So I think he's just, uh, you know, we just got to get him, get him motivated to get back in school so he can pursue that a little more seriously. No, I think, you know, the, um, the opportunities in trades is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's great. I mean, you can get, you know, in a few, you put in your pay your dues and in a few, in a few years time, you can be making a very, uh, you know, good salary and, and then not have all of that debt that goes along with uh, college nowadays. So it is crazy. Yeah. Trisha, my last question for the, in the first section is where do you see yourself personally and professionally in 10 years? 
Ah, well, <laughs> um, hmm. I guess there's like the fantasy version of that, and then there's the reality version of that. But <laughs> no, I would think, you know, what I would love to see in 10 years is that, um, you know, our Nerds to Go store here in Northampton has grown to, you know, similar size to like the corporate. Uh, a location in Connecticut. So, you know, maybe like five or six vans and, uh, you know, and then having, you know, maybe a second location in a little more inland, you know, maybe in the Manchester area, something like that. And, um, you know, having, having been able to hire a couple of um, great managers to help manage the day-to-day -day operations so that I, you know, can focus on getting more out there in the community and, and, uh, and paying it, paying it forward, you know, and doing some, some good work in the community and some of the things that I haven't, I haven't had the time to do because, you know, right now I am, you know, I am working in the business, yeah. um, a lot, you know, since, you know, we've been here for two years, so we're still growing and, uh, so yeah, I look forward to that day when I can, I can delegate some of the uh, operational things so that I can get out there and, and have a little more fun and, and do some good things. Good for you. I love that. Well, that uh, wraps up the first session. So the second session is where I ask the same 10 questions to every guest. Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Honest answer. I love that. <laughs> The first question is, what is your favorite word? My goodness. What is my favorite word? I don't know. Huzzah. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Huzzah. Oh. I've been watching The Great lately, that show on, I think it's Netflix or something. And they say that word multiple times during the show. And so it has become my new favorite word. I love that. So what is your least favorite word? Oh, I can't even say it, Bobby. I because I I dislike the word so much. <laughs> my is, least favorite word is smelly. Is is smelly? <laughs> smelly. <laughs> I hate that word. That that's it. That's <laughs> okay. It, it's it probably <laughs> interesting. I've left you speechless. I can see that. That's okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What makes you just laugh out loud? Just complete belly laugh. Oh gosh. I'm trying to think of what is the latest thing that made me laugh out loud. Oh, probably watching. I watch a lot of, um, dachshund videos. Cause I love dachshunds, you know, those little wiener dogs. So I can watch them for hours doing their little antics on videos. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. I'm going to have to do that. Cause I, I didn't know. Yeah. They they're so adorable. So <laughs> what makes you just absolutely breaks your heart, makes you really sad? Oh, I, that one's an easy one too. Again, going back to videos, you know, from this morning, actually, um, I watched a heartbreaking um, story about this group in um, another country. I don't know if it was maybe like the Philippines or some, somewhere. 
and they had rescued a truck full of dogs. Like it was like 50 or 75 dogs that were tied and bound and stuck in bags and were being taken to a meat, an illegal like dog meat um, place. So they were basically on their way to be slaughtered. And this organization rescued them and it showed pictures of them you know in the back of this truck all oh my god it made me cry it was just oh the saddest god. thing I've ever seen cry. oh my yeah. gosh no well, no wonder it so me cruelty to animals is probably probably the thing that that oh. makes me very sad when I see that what sound or noise do you love oh man these are hard questions Bobby <laughs> what sound do I love? I don't know. I guess I do love the sound of uh, rain. Oh, yeah. I don't hear it as much as I'd like to around here, but <laughs> I, I do. I do love it when it does happen. Yes. Like thunderstorms and stuff. I loved those big, those thunderstorms in Indiana. Indiana had great thunderstorms. No. We don't get very many here for some odd reason, I've noticed. We don't. No, we really don't. What sound or noise just makes you absolutely crazy? You just. What sound makes me crazy? Oh, well, it's not, I don't know if it's really a sound, but like the squeaky sound that it makes, like when you accidentally like bite on cotton or like a napkin or something like that, that, yeah, that's, that sound really, really, it gives me goosebumps, like from head to toe. <laughs> making it real all right this is a question that i need to have you mute yourself for the answer oh and boy. okay tell us or when you say the answer you can come back on so the question is what is your favorite curse word <laughs> All right, I have it in my head. Am I? I'm not supposed to say it though, am I? Well, no, don't say it now. Okay. But um, I, I'm kind of sensing the, what the word. You are. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm kind of sensing what the word is, and and it might not be. Um, it, it may be shared with others. You know, I okay. think others may. Um, yeah, I think it's a common one. Yeah. 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 I think you might be right. Yep. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would love to be an archaeologist, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I would like to do because I have a lot of interests, but I think that's one that I could actually do, you know, uh, and I, I love history and I love mysteries and solving mysteries and things like that. And I just think it's the coolest thing, like, digging up old things out of the dirt and trying to figure out what they are and what they do and all about the people that lived there and how, why it ended up there and all of that kind of stuff. I think that's, that that's really cool. I, I think that would be fun as well. What profession would you not like to do? Well, hmm, I think I, I would like to not ever go back to being a retail store manager that, like I said, was, was really hard work. Those people work really, really hard for the money that they make. Thank you. And uh, I have deep respect for them, but I would not want to go back there. <laughs> I, 
I agree. I agree with everything you said about it. it, it it's really hard work and, and, and you're on every minute of every day. Yes. And no, you know, very little holidays or weekends off or even, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's a really tough job. So my last question of the day would be, what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like people to remember you? Or what would you like them to remember about you? Oh, wow. That's a lot of questions in one question. Uh, what would I want my legacy to be? Well, I would love to be able to leave a, a successful, profitable, well-known, you know, household name business to my, to my kids, you know, um, I think that, uh, that would be kind of cool. Um, and, um, as far as, you know, what I want to be known for, I mean, I think it was, it would just be, you know, that, you know, I like to think that I, I do business with integrity and honesty and, and I treat my employees, you know, like family. I love that. That's, those are all really wonderful things. So I want to thank you for being my guest today. Um, again, we've been talking to Trisha Jones from Nerds to Go, and they again are located at 18 Lafayette Road in Northampton. Would you like to give a phone number uh, and or a web a web address? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you can find us on the web at nerdstogo.com. That's N-E-R-D-S-T-O-G-O, not the number two. dot com. And our number here is six zero three seven five eight six five eight. And Trisha, is there any last thoughts that you would like to leave us with today? Oh, you know, I mean, I always. Have have thoughts, but I would just say, I hope, you know, everybody has a wonderful holiday um, season this year. I know it's been, it's been, it's been tough, right? With all of the, the ups and downs of the pandemic, but I hope that uh, everyone can find a way to celebrate and enjoy the season. And, and if, you know, if they get any fun toys for Christmas and you need help putting them together, you know, like, getting your electronics to work with your home network, give us a call. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, I'd like to thank you, Trisha, for being my guest. It's been a wonderful way to spend the last hour. And I appreciate um, what you do and what you give back to the community. So thank you for that. Uh, I'd also like to thank our listeners. We appreciate you joining us today. For now, you can find our podcast on the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce website, www.exeterarea.org. This is Bobby Vandenbalk, Member Services Director from the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce, signing off today. But please join us next time for the Chamber Buzz with Bobby. See you later. Bye now. The Chamber Buzz with Bobby is built and distributed through Anchor by Spotify. This podcast is produced by the Exeter Area Chamber of Commerce. To learn more about the Chamber, visit exeterarea.org.